welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Join us on our journey into the past, the present, and the future as we explore the relationship between technology and humanity. Together, we're going to find out what it means to live in a society where everything is connected and the only constant is change. Knowledge is power. Now more than ever. Here we are, Marco. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> is that the lion coming in? Are we going with a new tradition that you start singing with every single no, please, podcast please we do? That's not going to happen. You know, there is a song in my head when I see the title of this show. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. It's kind of like I get knocked down and I get up again. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I'm not yeah. going to sing it, but you know, it's a great, <laughs> great song. Well, then we should have a lager drink, a whiskey drink, a cider drink, and a vodka drink. There's four of us and there's four <laughs> drinks and none of us have one. I know, and, and That's it's true. We're, we're That's not fresh. prepared. We're definitely not prepared for this. But I am prepared to get to introduce you guys for those that don't know who you are and tell that you already have a show uh, with the first episode already up on ITSP Magazine. We are incredibly excited and honored that you used, uh, you decided to join us on our platform, you and many other amazing hosts that we have. And we kind of like, Sean and I are just kind of like sliding into into the backstage and letting you guys go with a lot of great conversation. But we do want to take this opportunity to meet you again in front of the mic recording and, uh, and hear your story of why you decided actually to start a podcast, uh, which seems everybody's doing it, that and writing a book, I guess. But everyone has his own reason, right? <laughs> so, um, Sean. Uh, are you excited as much as I am? Well, I mean, uh, absolutely. We, we know Kayla from, uh, previous activities, uh, SOC Analyst Day and, and, uh, other podcasts and yeah. thrilled to have her on. And she brought Taylor who I'm, I'm grateful to know now. And, uh, a few times we've had a chat, uh, love you, man. I mean, just the, the two of you together is, is incredible. And, uh, it took a few weeks to get everything pulled together and I'm excited to uh to say that the, the show is live and and to have you both on with us um i think enough of us talking marco i want to hear from, <laughs> from kayla and taylor um so obviously we want everybody to listen to the first episode they're going to get a deep dive into who the two of you are and and how you interact with each other uh we'll get a sense of that here today i'm sure as well but um i think I think it's also important maybe to share a little bit about your backgrounds and uh, Kayla, you're a CISO now. Yes. Um, you weren't always a CISO. So the journey to that perhaps and, and in your path to the podcast, and then we'll have Taylor do the same, his journey and, and uh, why, why do the podcast as well? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think Taylor and I are just ridiculous. I think it's why it works really well. Um, you know, you'll catch that in the first episode. Um, but for me, you know, I've been in like that second line of defense function for about 15 years doing, um, kind of straddling the line between like 
internal audit in the third line, external audit in the fourth, but then moving into the assurance roles and risk management, whether it's information security risk or enterprise risk, financial risk, regulatory, et cetera. Um, being a security consultant, doing you know all these different assessments of, of different lines of business and really taking the business context and relating it back into security and how those two should be aligned to, to do strategic work. And this was before the mainstream term GRC became a thing. It was GRC, it just wasn't really labeled that way at the time. Um, and it's, for me, it's really interesting because there's such a, a battle, an internal battle in companies around balancing your security strategy and budget with your business needs and not realizing that you really can't have one without the other. And GRC really brings those, all of these different disciplines together to show value and the return on investment. It's much more clear today than it was even five years ago, how security can really impact your budget and your bottom line. And that's really where GRC and the expertise that comes along with it comes into play because you can use it. To, it's very versatile. Um, and the reason why I wanted to do the podcast was to share that knowledge and to help people, no matter what your tenure is in the security field or risk field, that this is really where you should be focusing your efforts and, and your strategic planning should be around GRC. Um, and then being CISO now, you know, it happened much quicker than I expected it to in my career. Very grateful for it, of course, don't get me wrong. Um, but it gave me different perspective on how to go about things. And working with Taylor, who's done the customer facing side and the, the you know, the, the security and technical side um, throughout his various roles, we realized like, hey, there's a synergy here. There's an opportunity to, as I said, to give back and to really share that with other people. So that's what made me want to use my voice in that way. I think I that's it. a really long-winded way of saying that she <laughs> likes to poke fun at me, Sean. Um, uh, I, uh, I can, I can sense that. <laughs> I, yeah. I seem to be the butt of a lot of her jokes. Uh, um, I, I'm sure you give it right back, though. Oh yeah, yeah it's your turn now. So go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> take, take this. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I've I've done a lot of roles. Um, I I started off, um. You know, my, my experience is a little bit different. I started off in the military. I did uh, aviation logistics information management system, which is a really long way of saying I was a, a system administrator. So I did some HPUX system administration. I actually did the upgrade from HPUX to Red Hat, uh, which was one of the first for the Marine Corps for a system that I worked on, which was really interesting. Got introduced to VMware and a lot of different technologies during that role. Started doing system checks, understanding, you know, disk utilization, memory utilization, watching processes execute, the really boring stuff that uh, everyone loves to do, uh, just trailing uh, PS-EF for hours on end. And then came into a situation where you know, there was this really odd process that, that would spin up and it'd spin down. And we'd notice a lot of network activity around that. And so we started investigating it. I kind of got my first hands-on exposure into security and understanding um, not really the compliance side. I, I leave all of that to Caleb, but really understanding uh, exposure 
um, and attack surface management. Something was public facing. Someone found what was public facing. They did, decided to find a an exploit or a vulnerability within the system, and they were able to infiltrate um, and get data out of a you know a public facing system that was just a test environment. But still, it it started that investigative analysis and understanding that you know there's a lot of things that you wouldn't expect to be targets that are actually targets. So from there, I finished out uh, my tenure in the Marine Corps, started working some odds and ends consulting job uh, with a couple different companies, and then landed in the EDR space with Carbon Black. I was on the support side. I, I did the support thing for a little while. I was able to start a technical account manager program. Then there, went to a different EDR company, started doing some professional services implementation, really started enjoying that. But then I was asked to build a TAM program over there as well. So built a, a second TAM program uh, with a company called Cyber Reason, which I'm sure no one's ever heard of. Um, from there, you know, I, I was really tired of the endpoint space. I really wanted to do more. I really liked the investigative uh, portion of it, understanding threats, understanding risk. So I moved to digital risk protection with a company called Digital Shadows, where I, was, I really, you know, dived in, dove in um, on the deep dark web, understanding port exposure, uh, credential leakage, those types of things. And I was able to culminate, you know, the EDR experience, the digital risk protection experience to go lead a professional services organization for a SIM company, which is where Kayla and I met. Uh, and I really took on uh, not just managing the professional services team, but supplementing our internal security function. It was Kayla, myself, and a couple others that really made like this hodgepodge team of, you know, quickly identifiable experts to understand corporate, both corporate risk, customer risk, and uh, internal security function. And then from there, you know, I hooked back up with some old carbon black people, um, and I'm over at Sevco now uh, doing the technical account manager program building again. And Kayla and I, you know, throughout all of this, we've remained really close friends, but we really started to see the differentiation between um, technical jargon and business jargon and how a lot of engineers feel like they're communicating clearly or they're communicating effectively, but engineering speak doesn't always translate to business speak. So oftentimes that message gets lost. We just want to be really bring reality to conversations and you know security people aren't aren't whistleblowers they're not ambulance tracers um they're just bringing up things that they're either extremely passionate or extremely knowledgeable about to both secure their internal function and their customers so you know taking kayla's um experience grc i still think she's the first grc CISO. Personally, uh, she's the first one I've come across. And then my technical understanding as well as my customer relationship building skills, having been customer facing almost exclusively the last eight years, uh, we really just wanted to bring you know business risk, customer risk, technical risk, and just have open dialogue and understand what everyone's talking about and, and bring that reality to a conversation where everyone feels comfortable asking questions or, or dealing with issues. Yeah, that's a, a tough balance. I love both your journeys. Um, I think the, the backgrounds bring a lot of different experiences. You're talking about your early days in, uh, in the military and, and your work there. And uh, I, I built some programs and or products and delivered them to the, to the, uh, the defense space. And talk about governance. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> right? The, just the, the rules you have to play by just to even get a look at and be part of an ecosystem in that space. Um, all the way to the freewheeling, we're a startup and we have no no DevOps that seconds, <laughs> right? and no security team whatsoever. And yeah. and in there is kind of the, the reality for a lot of companies uh, in the middle there somewhere, um, different levels of maturity. But I, I think where your show is interesting is kind of mapping that technical. You, you can't, you have to have the business conversation, but you can't forego the technical bits in the process. And you can't have the technical bits and miss out on the, on the business. So I don't know how, how do you guys plan to, or have you already and now bringing it to the show, kind of bring those conversations together and to bear so, so folks can hopefully benefit from both your experiences? You know, it's, it's going to be a challenge in some ways to, to hit all the right notes with all the right people. I think that goes for any type of podcast or show of any kind. Um, but for us, it's going to be really about kind of tying in the things that we've seen and lessons that we've learned and to help people avoid them. You know, if you take a strictly compliance route, that doesn't necessarily equate to security, right? Some people don't realize that and they think, oh, you have a SOC 2, you're great. No. <laughs> um, and really being able to demonstrate things that we've seen, things that we've done, screw-ups, which there are plenty along the way. And, you know, as long as you learn from them, that's great. Um, but it's trying to arm people with the knowledge and the, the power to make decisions is really what we're trying to, to bring to, to our audience. Um, there's going to be talk about ESG and what that has to do with security and compliance. Um, people think it's just like a, a fluff field. It's really not. It's something that's very up and coming. It's been the same as GRC a few years ago, you know, acronym hell there, but um, environmental social governance. Um, it's really important. We're going to talk about, you know, project risk management. What does that mean when it comes to internal cross-functional projects from a security or, you know, compliance perspective to customer facing projects. Um, what is a risk register? What actually is GRC? What does that mean from a customer perspective and an internal perspective? How do you kind of delve into the, uh, the bits and bobs that make up all of these different things from both perspectives? And there will be disagreements because even though we're friends, we don't always see eye to eye on things. Um, but that's, I think what makes it good is because you, you kind of get two different flavors and you get to kind of make up your own mind on what's right instead of being dictated to. Um, and we just really hope it breeds conversation and people are comfortable reaching out to us or even their own peers that they may not um, have close relationships with, like, you know, close colleague relationships with to ask for help on things. Um, so, you know, for us, it's really just trying to, to address some of the elephants in the room. Who are you calling an elephant? That's <laughs> a My shot of me. That's a shot of me. Um, but instead of a tusk, I have a long beard, obviously. Um, I think I think one of the other things, and it's not anything Kayla and I have really talked about or, or feel like we need to talk about, but one of the the things that we we really noticed early on uh, before Kayla uh, 
took the CISO role, she was she was VP, so she was still you know executive staff, right? Um, I was a mid level manager. She's executive staff. I think one of the other things that I hope that this brings is the ability to have open conversations between different ranks and structures within organizations, breaking down some of those barriers and those walls of, you know, what, what is expected whenever you communicate with an executive, what's expected when you communicate down. Now, I think that, you know, there are other things where Kayla and I talk about our experiences. It's in the terms of managing up, managing down, managing communication to technical and non-technical people and being able to identify what those strengths and weaknesses are so that you can exploit them for the greater good, right? If you know someone's weaker in this area, you can put them in position to really learn and, and grow their career. So for me, it, it's always it's always been, I'm very passionate about the customer needs or the internal needs. So I express that very plainly, whereas someone like Kayla can take what I'm saying and she can translate it to the business jargon to present customer complaints or, or issues or however you want to classify it as business risk, right? So being able to have that conversation of, Hey, I'm struggling here. I really want to convey this message, but I know that, you know, the CEO or the CTO or the CISO or the CFO, it doesn't understand, you know, why this, operating system upgrade is crucial or why we need to patch at this time or why we can't patch during this time because it interrupts XYZ operations. So I think that's one of the things that we, we really haven't highlighted, but her and I do a very good job of is, is breaking down that barrier between, you know, junior people, mid-level people, seniors and executives and have those open conversations that aren't necessarily, you know, typical hierarchical conversations where, you know, it used to be like being called to the principal's office if the CISO wanted to talk to you or the CTO wanted to talk to you. It's like, oh, what did I do wrong? Whereas here, it's very open conversation. She can tell me her observations from an executive level, and I can talk about the the feelings from the operational or the field the field level. That's really cool. So let's talk about communication. I was actually on, and I do that often with science communicator. I mean, even people that talk about quantum physics, which I know very little but they know that they're talking to someone that doesn't know much about it. So they, one of their skill being a communicator is to change the way they deliver the metaphors that they use, the story that they tell, right? And so we go to, I decide to do a podcast because, you know, the why. So I'm guessing you were looking around, you listen to a lot of podcasts and like, Nobody is doing it this way. Or, you know, I kind of want to know what, what is the origin story that said, you know, if nobody's doing it, we, we're going to do it. <laughs> and how you break the conversation to different audience. That's another thing I'm very interested in. Yeah. You know, my husband is brilliant, but he's a plumber. He doesn't know what I do. He said, like, when people say to him, oh, what does your wife do? He's like, she sits in front of a computer. <laughs> And she, she has this, she talks. Her, yeah. And she has this pain to look on her face all day. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we laugh, um, cause I have like, like really strong, like muscles right here. Like when I, I, I have this look on my face, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, constantly we call them my WTF lines. I'll, you know, leave it mm-hmm. that way. Um, cause it's just a constant look on my face, whether it's, work-related or someone asking me for IT help, 
it, that those are just, that's just my face now. Um, and I realized in conversations with him that I was, it was too technical. It was too, you know, um, the lingo, the, the, the nomenclature that we use is very limiting. Um, it's like I said, acronym hell, right? Um, and I realized like, if I wanted to have a conversation with him, I had to change the way I was speaking. Um, so that kind of started me thinking about the way I was talking to other people. And when I say, oh, there's a critical risk, that, or, there's a critical inherent risk and we have no controls, so the residual risk is critical as well. Um, it puts us at risk for customer, financial, uh, regulatory and information security risk. People look at me and go, what? That makes no sense. Like, what do you mean? What's inherent in that? Like, it, it just made me realize different people have different levels of understanding and I have to slow down, recognize who my audience is and ask, am I making sense? Because sometimes people don't want to say, what are you talking about? But if you ask the question, they're most likely to be like, well, no, could you please explain that differently? So that was, that's kind of why I think communication is important because half the time the message is lost. Mm -hmm. And so who, who is your audience in mind? I mean, do you think some topics may be for a certain kind of audience, maybe more business, some other going to be more technical. How do you decide that? And how, Taylor, how do you switch language? You're not using chat GPT, right? You're just <laughs> doing it yourself. Yeah, GPT-4, uh, love it. Uh, <laughs> I stopped using 3.5. No, I, I, I agree. There, there are going to be conversations that are going to be geared more towards business acumen or oriented listeners. When we talk about ESG, I, I think ESG is very much a, a business oriented. I think that we we have a great conversation a little bit on the micro level about certain things that individual contributors do or how individual contributors, you know, augment or contribute to ESG profile. Um, and that I think will pick up on, on you know certain technical people. Hey, what's your what's your actual carbon footprint as an engineer? Is like a thought provoking question because I bet if you know you go ask a random AWS engineer, GSP engineer, hey, what's your carbon footprint? They're probably not going to know. But if we start talking about the things that contribute to the carbon footprint, they start to open their eyes and they're like, wow, like I do actually have a pretty significant carbon footprint. I do contribute to this. So overall, what our ESG profile looks like, you know, we would fall within this category. So th there's, you know, it's almost like code switching, I think, where you're, you're breaking the lines between business and technical. But I think that one of the, the key things is using, and it sounds really bad, but using plain English, right? Breaking up the acronyms where you don't have to. Um, avoiding, you know, certain situations where you, you have expected knowledge. You know, if you start talking about IP ranges and CIDR and things like that, you expect a certain level of network knowledge. Not everyone has network knowledge. A lot of program engineers don't actually go down the networking path at all. If they can, they might take that one random class that, you know, freshman year about networking and learn about subnets in the very beginning and they forget it all. And it it's actually super interesting because we have a new hire at my company and she's a programmer. And she's like, hey, I want to learn all about cybersecurity. And I was like, okay, what do you want to learn? She was like, I know nothing, so I want to learn everything. And again, you have, you have to take that step back and understand as a programmer, 
and security, what is she going to be looking for? What is she going to be looking to contribute to the security profile? What So it's secure coding concepts. It's making sure that you know, they understand risks and, and unsecure code, not including credentials and commits, things like that. So there is a, there's a, a huge differentiation, uh, but trying to use plain English, I think will help captivate most of the audience all of the time and really make sure that we're talking to everyone and not isolating certain professional groups. So I want to ask about the name of the show, <laughs> the, the lockdown podcast who, who came up with that? What was the inspiration for it? Is there um, a certain meeting? What, what's going on there? That was Taylor. I, we have, <laughs> I'll be very honest. We have a shared note that we use on our phones to list out everything. And I had all these different names that I was like running through and I'm like, Taylor, what do you think? And he's like, no, oh, no, locked down. Like, this, this, and it just sounded so cool to me. <laughs> so it's actually funny. I, uh, to, back to the song reference. Uh, I, I, I don't know what I was watching, but the song came on. Um, was it Shrek? I forget what it was. Um, I have six kids. So there's always some type of animated something <laughs> on the TV or sports. So sitting there and the song came on and I was like, oh, lockdown, security, locking down your environment, locking down your risk. And, you know, I was sitting there and I was trying to type it out and I actually talked to my wife and my wife was like, well, what about lockdown with Kayla and Taylor? You're not, she was like, lockdown's too short. I think it it's too nuanced. You, you know, you're not really going to capture. And so we went back and forth on it and, you know, Kayla and I were updating the uh, the Apple Note. I think it was like 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and she was she put a green check mark next to it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's the one. That's what we're going with. I love it. And you have a, a subhead, not on the not on the graphic, but on the page of making sense of security. And I don't know if if that was very purposefully. I mean, because we could say make it understandable, speak to how how to, how to become secure, but actually making sense makes a lot of sense to me. So any thoughts on that? So making sense, right? Again, you know, back to junior people or people that have been doing this a very long time, there's a, a lot of things, right? When you look at technology evolution, uh, you started off with AV and then there was next gen AV and then there was EDR and then, you know, now you've got MDR and NDR and XDR. So there, there's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot of inherent risk for organizations and teams. So the making sense part, I think, was making sense of what are your business objectives? What what tools do you have and what's your what's your goal? Right. So I can give you every tool in the world, but if you don't know how to use it or you don't, or your team doesn't know how to use it, it's never going to make sense to implement in your environment. And then I know that, you know, Kayla has a, a way of making sense of, you know, internal projects, internal risk, internal audits, and, and making sure that, you know, she's leveraging her teams and her tools the right way so that she can display that proper business etiquette or business image that she's trying to convey on the maturity of her security program or the maturity of, you know, the company as a whole, the security posture as a whole for the company. 
Cool. So what can people expect? Is it always going to be a conversation between the two of you having fun and poking at each other? Are you planning to bring some guests here and there? What's what's the format? Because, you know, it's a, I think people want to know. like what, what And then you want to surprise yeah. them. I, I'm a big fan <laughs> of the surprise. So tell me about that. Yeah, it'll be a bit of Taylor in, in, in like me going back and forth, of course, uh, but also bringing in guests. We might throw in a live here and there, surprise someone, sh- show up somewhere, you know, and just start bothering people for their own opinions um, on things, uh, trying to keep it fresh, keep people on their toes on what they're going to experience. Um, I think Taylor and I have great connections in the industry and in, in different like facets of business that voices haven't been heard. Um, and we really want to tap into those folks and their experiences and how the diversity of thought really comes into play when it comes to security strategy and just organizational strategy as a whole. Um, I also really want to focus on being able to deliver something to people who are moving into the field. I think that's um, an area that's often overlooked there are, because of the pandemic, a lot of people who've decided to switch careers, whether it's into security or, or not, there's just been a massive shift in the way people look at their career path. And I feel that there are a lot of barriers to entry in security that aren't necessary anymore, um, whether it's college degrees, um, expensive cer- certificates, um, things like that, and being able to identify your skill sets that are complementary that you already have. Like my degree is in accounting um, with a project management master's degree. That's fantastic for security because I can view things a certain way. I had to go through auditing. My mind is very logical that way. And then being organized is great and being able to do projects a certain way. Um, People don't necessarily understand how that skill set translates into security. And I think that kind of goes across any industry, but ours in particular, we need people who have that diversity of thought, who have experiences that are different to what's been done for the past 10, 15 years so they can change and shape the field. And it's very lacking. And I really hope that we're able to reach that level of audience, whether you're moving into your, you know, you're in your, you know, you're my age, we'll leave it at that. And you decide you want to switch into a security or technical privacy field of some kind, and you can, you know, listen and learn something and, and take away that and say, oh, okay, this this is something I can do. Or if you've been in the in the field for 20 years and you say, oh, I never looked at it that way before. I think it's really important. It's all about making sense. And the numbers don't lie. <laughs> the numbers don't. <laughs> I might lie, but the numbers don't. Um, also, as we as we begin to wrap here, I mean, I'm excited to to hear all the good stuff that uh, that comes from the two of you and and your surprise guests and your surprise lives. Um, I know of one thing that you're doing for certain, and that's coming up at RSA conference. Uh, I'm thrilled to to say that you're going to be in the broadcast alley representing ITSP magazine, and you're going to have a conversation with our good friend Bryson Bort and uh, Sanal Agrawad. I've not met Sanal yet, but uh, I will that day when uh, when you guys are doing your show there in, in Moscone West. Um, who wants to give a little tease for? What you're going to talk about there it's uh, elephants in the in the room right uh how pen testing and grc worlds collide that's an interesting interesting topic 
Yeah, I... I mean, I, I can definitely let Kayla take this, uh, but one of one of my things uh, that I definitely want to surprise Bryson with, um, even if he's going to listen to this episode before RSA, is um, scoped versus unscoped pen tests. Right? I think that I think we've really got to have conversations on on the pen testing um, realm. Right? I think that. And Kayla and I have been through this. I think that there's a a huge differentiation and a scope of work and, you know, limiting the ability of a scope of work to be exceeded or expounded on. So I think that, you know, oftentimes we get hyper focused on pen test reports being very linear into the thing that we want them to find or the thing that we want them to look for. But I think that we also got we've we have to stop letting professionals work inside a, a certain bound that we're afraid for them to see outside of that elephants in the room or or bulls in the china shop right same thing right <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah yeah and then from a grc perspective it's it's very important that the the team understands not just the to Taylor's point, like the scope or what's not in scope, but the the impact, the materiality of that uh, pen test, what it means to you know to to have a pen test and what those findings are when it comes to impacting your you know financial risk, customer risk, um, and overall product security, and how that ties back into that very familiar risk five by five that everyone either loves or hates. They really depends um and how okay this is like a a high finding we're gonna you know remediate this or we're not what's that cost what's it gonna cost the company what's it gonna look like from a reputational perspective because nowadays customers are far more savvy than they've been before and they ask the questions they want to see the summaries they want to know your slas why aren't you fixing something being able to tell a story is really important and that's where grc comes in and they can take that and I don't want to say spin it because that's not the right phrase, but they can take that and help articulate the story around why certain risks have to be accepted and certain things can't because you can't fix everything. You, you have to explain why. And that's where the, this elephant in the room kind of came together for us. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'll be an elephant in the room on Monday, the 24th of, of uh, April, 2 p.m. Broadcast Alley, Moscone West, catching Kayla and Taylor. For their episode with uh, with Bryson and Sanal, um, you plan to bring another one to bear before uh, before RSA. You have another another episode coming before then. We do. Uh, so our our conversation with uh, Jill Ohron um, on ESG uh, that 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 episode will air before RSA. I think that's a very interesting concept itself. I think ESG. By itself is a is a term that we've heard a lot in the industry. Um, we've heard a lot about you know net neutrality, carbon footprint, those types of things. But I think really letting Jill expound on her experience with ESG, what it what it bears in mind, and how we can be more conscious in cybersecurity and as organizations as a whole, will will really you know set the tone for some of the elephants in the room that we talked to Bryce and Snell about. All right, can't wait to meet the elephant at RSA. I'd say in Moscone, Moscone West, you can actually fit an elephant in right it in is there. A big so. place, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm looking forward to be back again up there. So uh, 
in the meantime and, the and in person actually uh, well. yeah absolutely yeah. that that's going to be a big event you and and the many other hosts that are going to use broadcast alley and uh have great conversations so i want to thank you again for literally choosing to bring this show on itsp magazine we're very excited we know that you're funny entertaining but also so knowledgeable that for me it's it's the right mix right i mean you can talk about very serious things but entertain in a way so that people don't get bored with acronyms and i know i do get bored with acronyms <laughs> quite a bit so um i want to thank you again and i want to invite everybody to check out uh, i get logged down but i get up again and uh, i'm not gonna sing it because i'm better musician than, than the singer uh but get on itsp magazine subscribe uh, there is the videos as well on uh, on youtube so you can find everything there and there will be notes on this show so if you just want to click on it we'll bring you right onto the page and on the podcast itself so again thank you so much thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you later on itsp magazine see ya bye bye We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and the story made you think, then share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our columns. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.